Turn with me to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus. We're going through the book of 1 Peter verse by verse. I kind of got stuck here for a couple weeks because in the book of 1 Peter, as you're turning to Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18, we see that 1 Peter talks about the word glory. Everybody say glory. The word glory is used nine times in the book of 1 Peter. And the reason the Apostle Peter uses the word glory in 1 Peter is because he saw the transfiguration of Jesus. And when Jesus got transfigured, the glory of God was there and was present. It said a cloud overshadowed them. And the word cloud in the Bible most of the time refers to the glory and the honor of the Lord. And we shared last week about clouds, how when Jesus comes back, how many of you know the Lord's coming back soon? When the Lord comes back, he's coming back in all the clouds with all glory and honor and splendor. How many of you know the Lord can come back right now? Can you say amen? How many of you hope that the Lord comes back before your kids turn teenagers? Oh yes, that come back Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, come back quickly, Lord Jesus. Come back quickly, Lord Jesus. So we see he uses the word glory nine times. You say, share with me those times. No, just Google it and you can find out the word glory. It's in chapter 1, verses 7, 8, 21, 24, many other times. Moses also refers to the word glory. We see it here in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18. And look, this is almost a prayer. We sang it this morning. Again, I didn't get together with Liz to plan all this. It just kind of happened. How many of you are glad we don't have programs? We just follow what the Lord wants us to do. But look at this. In verse 18, Moses said to the Lord, please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. Lord, we need the glory of the Lord. What is the glory of the Lord? It's the weight of his presence. We need the presence of the Lord in our homes. We need the presence of the Lord in the White House. We need the presence of the Lord on Wall Street. We need the presence of the Lord in our school system. We need the presence of the Lord in our families. We need the presence of the Lord in our communities. We need the presence of the Lord in our churches. Anybody here? Come on, you got to sleep in. I've been up since 5 in the morning. Come on, we need the presence of the Lord. You say, Pastor, why do we need the presence of the Lord? The San Antonio shootings. Why do we need the presence of the Lord? The Dayton shootings. And those were mass shootings, they said. But what about Chicago? In one weekend, seven people killed, 58 people, I think 52 people right in that vicinity were wounded. You say, what in the world is going on? The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There's going to be violence in our streets. There's going to be violence in our community. You say, the Bible says what? When all these things begin to happen, lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. You say, Pastor, what is the answer? Education is great, but it's not the answer. Our military is great, but it's not the answer. Money is great, but it's not the answer. How many of you know Jesus Christ is the answer for our nation? Yes, he is. Come on, everybody shout it out. Jesus is the answer. I can't tell you what to do on Facebook, but instead of getting involved in all these controversial topics about gun control, etc., why don't you put on a website, why don't you put on your Facebook post, Jesus is the answer, why don't you put salvation verses on there, quit getting involved in all the stuff that is there, all the soap opera stuff that's going on in our nation, it is Jesus Christ, if our nation will repent, if our nation will come to the Lord, how many of you know our nation will turn around, you won't see all the violence, you won't see all the hatred, you won't see all the sin, can I say it again? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And he says here, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And then in chapter 33, look at verse 15. Moses said this, and he said to the Lord, if your presence does not go up with us, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. 
And so he said to the Lord, he wasn't telling the Lord what to do. He just said to the Lord, he said, Lord, look, you've called me to take the children of Israel up into the promised land or close to it. I'm not going to go over but the children of Israel are. But Lord, if your presence isn't going to be with us in all this, we might as well just forget it because we're not going to make it. There's not going to be any miracles. Our enemies aren't going to be defeated. And again, as I got up this morning, this is the second week in a row I've taught about the glory of God. We'll see about next week. But as I got up this morning, I said, Lord, if you're not present in second service, we might as well go out and play golf. We might as well go to the tennis courts. There's nothing worse than just coming into a meeting and leaving a meeting, like ants going to their nest and then just leaving and coming back and forth. No, 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 we don't want that. We want people to come to the house of the Lord. But when we come to the house of the Lord, we got to meet with Jesus. we got to sense the presence of the Lord. You say, why? Only the presence of the Lord will save a soul. Only the presence of the Lord will deliver us from sin. Only the presence of the Lord will heal a body. Only the presence of the Lord will change your marriage. Come on, only the presence of the Lord in His glory will change your life. Come on, give him praise. The church service won't change your life. It might light you on fire, but the presence of the Lord will radically touch you. Let's just all lift a hand to the Lord. Can we do that, please, if you would? I don't want to treat you like robots, but I want you to know that he is here. Lord, we thank you for all the people that are here. We thank you for our worship team. We thank you for teachers. We thank you for giving away shoes. We thank you for our facility. But Lord, if you're not here, Lord, it's all empty. If you're not here, Lord, we're going to leave the same way as we came in. So, Lord, we just lift a hand to you, saying we recognize that you are here. And, Lord, since you are here and we are here, break through in people's lives, Lord. Touch people, Lord. Even if it's just a small step forward, God, we pray that you would just bring, Lord, your touch and your healing and your encouragement and your joy and your peace, oh, God. We need you in our country. We need you in our lives. We need you in our jobs. We need you in Washington, D.C. We need you in Wall Street. We need you from California, Lord, to New Jersey. We need you from Wisconsin to Texas, Lord. We see the division. We see the hatred, Lord. We see the guns. We see the violence, Lord. We need you, Lord, and it's only by your presence and glory can there be a true intervention from heaven. So, Lord, bring your glory from heaven, God. Bring your presence from heaven, God, on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it today, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, and shake our nation and shake the church, Lord, and bring people to you. So, touch us this morning we pray and Lord we're going to leave today saying it wasn't just good to be here it's been great to be in the house of the Lord and as we leave we're going to just say one word glory John 1 and verse 14 if you'll turn there with me John 1 and verse 14 John the Baptist saw Jesus the disciples saw Jesus and as they saw Jesus, what did they see? They saw the presence and the glory of God resting on him. You see, Jesus Christ didn't perform miracles just because he was all God and all man, although he was all God and all man. How many of you know he relied on the presence and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit to perform miracles? I got some great news for everyone this morning. The same glory and presence that rested on Jesus Christ rests on you because you're born again through the blood of Jesus. Do you realize that? The same glory and the same presence rests on you. So Jesus laid his hands on the sick and they were healed. Guess what you can do? Lay hands on the sick and they can be healed. How many of you know it might take a process of time, but that's okay. But lay hands on people and believe the Lord for healing. How many of you know the Lord led people to, the, to him and the, they received him as their personal Savior and Lord? You can go out and share the good news and tell people about Jesus. You say, Pastor, I can't do it. I know you can't do it, but how many of you know because of the presence that rests upon you, because you're born again through the blood of Jesus, you didn't earn it or you didn't 
deserve it, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells within you because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Can you say amen? So how many of you understand that we could all, just the second service group of people that are here, we could go out into the community and we could turn this community upside down. When the Apostle Paul went out to a community, there was either riot or there was revival. I'm voting for both, that is for sure. I believe we can go out and we can lay hands on the sick and we can witness to people and we can turn this community upside down if all of the people just in second service would realize that the glory and the splendor and the majesty and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon them. It's not just for Joyce Myers. I got news for you and she's awesome. It's not just for people that are celebrities. It's not just for pastors. I'm just a Christ follower, but the presence of the Lord is on me. But guess what? The presence of the Lord is on you. So I commission you to go to the jails and win people to Christ. I commission you to go to your family and win people to Jesus. I commission you to go out into the highways and byways and pray for the sick that they will be healed. Christianity is fun. It's more than a church service. Go out and get them. Go out and get them. And as they looked at Jesus in John 1.14, the Word became flesh. How many of you know God became flesh? The incarnation. He dwelt among us here on earth. You say, I want to know what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, just look at Jesus because he is all man and all God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Look at that. The weight of his presence. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The word glory here in verse 14 is the weight of his presence. It means the weight of the presence of the Lord. You can sense it, you can feel it, and you can see the effects of it. In a church service, I'll just give you an example. When maybe we enter into slow worship and you just hear the synthesizer, you can just feel the weight of his presence just coming into the service. Some people say that's just energy. That is not energy. That is the manifest presence of the Lord. We're not into New Age stuff, this energy stuff. We're into Jesus stuff, the Holy Spirit stuff. And the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit rests upon his people. And it's at that time especially that you give in and respond to the presence of the Lord. It's not anything weird. It's not anything looney tuned. It's not a fruit loop thing. It is the presence of the Lord that is resting on there. And in those moments, that's when God can heal you. In those moments, that's when he can set you free. In those moments, that's where there's comfort. That's where there's strength. That's where there's victory. That's where there's joy. That's where there's peace. That's where your marriages are touched and changed in the name of Jesus. And John 1.14, when it says they beheld the glory of the Lord, it refers to the spirit and presence of the Lord resting upon Jesus Christ himself. And it also was an indication that Jesus is the only one who would come from God to be the Savior of the world. Look what it says here. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The manifest presence of the Lord dwelt on Jesus. They saw it, and they could feel it. And look at this. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Don't you love those verses in the Bible? What is that saying? The glory of the Lord rested upon Jesus Christ Himself. He is the only unique one of the Father. The glory of God doesn't rest on Buddha. The glory of God doesn't rest on Hinduism. The glory of God doesn't rest on Islam. The glory of God doesn't rest on Muhammad. The glory of God doesn't rest on Mormonism. The glory of God doesn't rest on Scientology. The glory of God rests on one person and on one faith. It is Christianity and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the glory of God allows him to save people. He is the only Savior of the world. How come everybody's not praising the Lord? He is the only Savior of the world. The glory of God rests on Jesus. 
They opened a new home goods store down here. I think all of Newport Richie has been down to this home goods store. They still got these little Buddhas, and I still hide the Buddhas behind pictures of Jesus. If Jesus isn't there, I hide them behind flowers. You say, why? There's nothing in Buddha that can help you. But how many of you know through Jesus Christ you can be saved, you can be changed, you can be ministered to? You say, Pastor, you shouldn't do that. When I go in Best Buy, I turn every TV channel to a Christian station. Everybody's walking by, get saved. Let me go to this one, get saved, get saved, get saved. Anything I can turn to tell about Jesus, I'm all in. You say, why? He's the only Savior of the world. He's the only one that God the Father said, I'm putting my glory on you. I'm putting my presence on you. Son, I'm putting it on you. And you go forth, and you heal the sick, and you cast out demons, and then you go to the cross and die, and you ascend to the right hand of the Father after you're resurrected, and you declare that you are Lord, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Buddha is Lord, that Muhammad is Lord, that Harry Krishna is Lord. No, that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Period. Period. But don't forget about Jesus. Don't forget about Jesus. The glory of God, my first point is this, the glory of God is all about Jesus. Don't forget about Jesus. It says in the book of Deuteronomy that the Lord will bless people. The Bible says that he'll bring provision, but how many of you know we can get caught up in the blessings? How many of you know in America today, it's wonderful to make some money, but it's not all about money. Life isn't all about money. Life is all about Jesus. And so we see in the book of Deuteronomy that God was prospering Israel, but guess what Moses said to the people in Deuteronomy chapter 8? Don't forget about the Lord. Remember, it's the Lord that got you the job. Remember, it's the Lord that has blessed you. Remember, it's the Lord that's given you the money. Remember, it's the Lord that's given you the customers. Remember, it's the Lord that's bringing in the business. <laughs> Pastor, what? We got all these customers. We got so much work. To God be the glory, great things he has done for your business. And you better praise him because the Lord gives and the Lord also takes away. So Moses says, don't forget about the Lord. Don't forget about the Lord. Is the Lord blessing you? Isn't it amazing? So many people over all these years, I've been pastoring for 40 years, I'll see them come to church and they're faithful and they're givers and they're going through a hard time and they're crying at the altar and they're praying out. This goes on and on and on. I say, what's going on? Just going through a hard time and I need a job and I need finances. It's getting a little bit tight. And all of a sudden, guess what happens? God honors those prayers and starts to bless them. How many of you know when you pray, God blesses you? And he blesses your business. And then guess what happens? I never see him again. I said, where have you been? Well, God's been blessing us. We have so much business, I can't come to church, and I can't give, and I can't do the things I used to do to help in the kids' ministry. Why not? God didn't bless you to forsake his house. God didn't bless you so that you wouldn't give. God didn't bless you so that you'd be too busy for the kingdom. He blessed you because you prayed but listen, great is the man or woman who can handle the blessings of the Lord. Lord, bless businesses and bless men and women and make them millionaires in this church. But Lord, still keep us at the altar. Still keep us in prayer meeting. Still keep us in the house of the Lord. Don't forget Jesus. I'm just seeing who's not praising. Come on. Don't forget Jesus. He's the one who blessed you. Pastor, what? 
The glory of God, you said, it's all about Jesus. Yes, it is. Man, there's healings going on and deliverances going on and people are getting touched and marriages are coming together. That's awesome. But have you forgotten Jesus? Don't forget about Jesus. Don't chase the miracles. Chase the miracle worker. Don't worship the creation of God that God uses to lay hands on the sick. Worship the one who created the creation of God. And his name is Jesus because guess what? That per Nobody healed you except Jesus. You came down here, Pastor Johan, and Thea laid hands on you. I'm totally healed. It had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is the Savior. He is the one who does the work in the hearts of people. He changes people. He builds marriages. Come on, give in praise and glory and honor today can you don't forget about Jesus don't forget about Jesus now John the Baptist saw the balance in this so many people are chasing miracles don't you dare chase miracles you chase Jesus but guess what the Lord's going to provide miracles how many of you are glad God's going to heal God's going to save God's going to change lives but guess what don't run after all that stuff you run after the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the Bible says not to follow signs and wonders my Bible says signs and wonders will follow those who believe so I'm not following signs and wonders I'm following Jesus then he automatically gives signs and wonders when somebody comes up to me and they say pastor I just got healed and so and so prayed for me I said I'm so glad for that but I'm more than glad than anything that it's all about Jesus don't get into the person praying for you sometimes on Thursday nights or Sundays we'll have our leaders here and there's two people that everybody goes to two big lines you know going down from these people everybody else is sitting there going why can't you come to me I agree with all of my heart it's not about that person don't worship celebrities don't worship pastors worship Jesus the Bible says just lay hands on them and Jesus will heal the sick come on everybody shout out it's all about Jesus John the Baptist knew that look at verse 14 again and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory this is John John the Baptist beheld his glory John the Apostle beheld his glory the disciples beheld the glory of the Lord you could get caught up in the glory of the Lord the manifest presence of the Lord the glory is of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth but I love this here look what John says about John the Baptist in verse 15 I love this I have an underlined John bore witness of what John bore witness of who he didn't bear witness of the miracles. Now, he saw the glory, and he saw the miracles, and he saw the manifestations. He saw people raised from the dead. He saw all of this. But who did John bear witness of? Jesus. You say, Pastor, even somebody raised from the dead. Guess what? Jesus deserves all the praise and glory and honor. I bear witness of him. This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, and he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace by grace. John the Baptist and the disciples saw the glory and presence of the Lord on Jesus. They saw all of the works. They saw the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but they always pointed back to Jesus. They emphasized Jesus. They glorified Jesus. And why did they glorify and why did they praise the Lord? The reason they glorified and praised the Lord is because praise affects us as we praise him. How many of you know there's nothing better than the praise team leading us into worship? And as they're looking out there, they don't see a bunch of people watching. They see a bunch of people that have entered into praise and worship. 
Do you know when we come in uh, when we come in and during the Sunday mornings, I know what's going on. I know about the families. I know about trying to get the kids ready and trying to get people out of bed and trying to get breakfast going and school getting started. I know what it's like on a Sunday morning, that's for sure. You say, how do you know? Because most people get here by 11 o'clock, second service. I mean, it's just tough to get to the house of the Lord. Getting all these things going, find a parking place. You say, well, pastor, why should I enter into worship? Because as you enter into worship, it's going to affect you. It's going to change you. You need to understand something about praise and worship. Praise and worship does not affect God. Praise and worship does not change God. How many of you are glad praise and worship does not change God? If we could change God to become faithful by our praise and worship, boy, I'd be praise and worshiping all the time. I'd never sleep. But how many of you are glad whether you praise or worship or not, he's still faithful and he's still good and he's still caring? Your worship does not change God. If you came in this morning and you slept during praise and worship, he is still faithful. If you came in this morning discouraged and you didn't praise and worship, or maybe you did it halfway, bing, yeah, raise my hand, bing. Just kind of tired. He's still good. If you came in this morning and you praised him with all of your hearts, you didn't change God one iota. He is faithful. He is good. He is merciful. He is gracious. 24, 7, 365, whether we praise him or not. How many of you are glad God's always with you? He's always for you. He's always there. You see, I'm tired this morning. God's still faithful. He's going to carry you through. How many of you are glad he's not too tired to carry you through? You see, I came in numb this morning. I'm just kind of sitting there. What time is it? Oh, 10 more minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's still going to bless you. You guys just, we don't understand how good and wonderful the Lord is. You could be sitting there in a stupor right now, or you could be excited. He's so faithful and he's so good. It's not about us, it's about the Lord. Aren't you glad he's for you? Aren't you glad he's with you on your best day, on your good day? Pastor Strayer, why in the world do we praise the Lord then? For us. It affects us. It changes us. I can come in tired, and I can just sit there tired and not do anything, and I can leave saying, oh, man, I am just so tired. I didn't get anything out of that service. We might as well just stay home on Sundays. Or I can come in tired, and I can put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, and I can dance a little bit, and I can lift my hands just a little bit, and I can clap just a little bit, and I can rejoice just a little bit. And how many of you know I can leave this place saying it was good? No, 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 no. It was great to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, some of you that haven't praised him this whole service, come on, give him praise and glory and honor. Oh, he deserves it. He deserves it, doesn't he? Oh, man, it will affect you. It will affect you. Oh, go ahead. You can keep going. We got nothing else to do. We'll just stay during third service. Oh, I can tell some of you came in a little bit sick, but you're feeling a little bit better. Oh, you're right there. I can tell some of you came in a little tired, and all of a sudden it's starting to lift from you just, just a little bit. I can tell some of you came in discouraged, but God's bringing encouragement to you. Woo! We just might keep praising Him. Come on, for those of you that aren't praising Him, join us. You don't have to stand. You can sit. But pray, come on, praise him. He deserves it, doesn't he? He deserves it. I'm not going to make you stop. 
I didn't make you stop. You guys said that's enough. I don't think it's ever enough. I don't think it's ever enough. Turn to somebody and say, don't forget about Jesus. Let's turn to uh, John 17, 22. I just messed up my whole message. You know. Somebody just said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'll still sign your paycheck, Thea. I recognize that voice. Chapter 17 and verse 22. Jesus prayed this prayer. This is a great prayer to go verse by verse and study on your own when you're spending some time with the Lord in the secret place. Does everybody spend some time alone with the Lord in a secret place? See, I can count seven people. That's, that's not too good. What are you going to do tomorrow morning real early? You're going to spend some time with Jesus? You say, I'm not used to doing that. Well, we've got to change. We've got to get out of our routines. You say, well, I've got to get the kids ready for school, whatever. Well, that's fine. Get them all, get into school and then get into the secret place. If you want, don't want to do it that early. We've got to spend time in the secret place or we become flesh man. Anybody heard of Batman? Anybody heard of Spider-Man? <laughs> Anybody heard of flesh man? <laughs> How many of you have ever been in the flesh before? I mean, it didn't look very good. Were you still saved? My wife looked at me the other day and she goes, flesh man? <laughs> Get in your prayer closet and don't come out to your spirit man. <laughs> Took me about an hour, but I finally became a spirit man. I think all of you understand. <laughs> spirit man. 1722. And the what? Remember the word glory means the manifest presence of the Lord. It means the weight of his presence. So it's just talking about the presence of God. It's not anything weird. And the glory of the presence of God, which you, that's God the Father, gave me, Jesus, I have given to them. Who is them? <laughs> them is us, that's right. The body of Christ. And the presence of God, the manifest presence of God the Father, which God the Father gave to Jesus, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. So how many of you are born again through the blood of Jesus? Then what rests upon you and in you? The glory of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? You say, I don't deserve it. That's exactly, that's exactly correct. We deserve hell. We deserve God's wrath. But how many of you are glad he doesn't give us what we deserve? How many of you are glad he gives us his grace? Pastor, I just don't feel anything. I just don't feel like the glory of God's on me. Christianity is not a feeling faith. Christianity is a word faith. You stand on the word of God. So when I wake up this morning, I might not feel anything at all, but the glory of God is still resting upon me. And the glory of God is in me. You say, how can that be? Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. How many of you know the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead? And now since we're born again, the Holy Spirit lives within us. The glory and the presence of God lives within us. And the Holy Spirit is simply saying, let me out. You say, how does that happen? Going into the community and laying hands on people that are sick. Witnessing and telling people about the good news of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bringing, bringing groceries to families who are out there that are hungry. Bringing 10 bucks to a single parent who has to pay their rent. 
It shows the glory of the Lord. This past Thursday in prayer meeting, we had, uh, had a single parent come in. She had Facebooked me, said, Pastor, I'm $240 short. I just want you to know I get hundreds of those every week. I'm $240 short. I'm $100 short. I'm $1,000 short. I always type back. I said, I'm $500 short, so I don't know what we're going to do about the situation. But anyway, that was teasing, by the way. Anyway, and so it just kind of was impressed on me that I was supposed to help her. She's been in the church for 20 years. She does work a job. She went through a divorce a long time ago. I mean, it's a truly tough situation, and I was just impressed. I said, Lord, she usually doesn't come to prayer meeting on Thursdays at all, not in a bad way. She comes to service, but never, she doesn't. She comes Tuesday to prayer meetings. And Lord, I don't do fleeces, but if you bring her into prayer meeting Thursday, we're going to raise $240 for her. Guess who walked in almost the first person in prayer meeting Thursday night? <laughs> Guess what we did? I don't know what she got. I just told people to go to her and give her whatever she could get. She Facebooked me back. She wanted to thank everybody. She goes, I paid my rent. She goes, I was able to pay my electric. I was able to pay my water, and I was able to get food. We had no food in the house. Isn't that awesome? You know what that was? The glory of the Lord. It was manifest. It was manifest. You see, we need to understand something. The glory of the Lord that God the Father gave Jesus, it rests upon you. Now let's look at Exodus 19, please. Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19. Let's look at a great man in the Bible named Moses. Everybody say Moses. The second point I want to give to you, probably the last one I'll give this morning, is that the glory of God comes and increases through intimacy. What is intimacy? Spiritual intimacy is spending time with Jesus every day. Now, I know for some of you that have been in the church for a while, you might say, well, Pastor, I hear this over and over and over again. The reason is, is because after your salvation, the most important thing you can do in your Christianity is spend time with Jesus every day. Every day, you've got to spend time with Jesus. Every day. Everybody say every day. You say, well, I skip a few days every week. You can't skip a few days every week. You've got to spend time with the Lord. However you want to do that, however you do that, you've got to spend time with Jesus. And the glory of God comes and increases through intimacy. So we see here in verse 3, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain that is Mount Sinai. Now God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. I have a question for you. If you were in first service, you cannot answer it. For those of you in second service, I have a question for you. When God told Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, where is almost the first place that Moses took the children of Israel? Where was their first big stop? Mount Sinai. It's called the mountain of God. That was the place where God came down and dwelt. Remember in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell within people, correct? The Holy Spirit, God, dwelt in buildings or would come down on a mountain. How many of you are glad you live in the New Testament that you don't have to go to Colorado in the Rockies to meet God? How many of you are glad that you don't have to meet God here at Calvary Chapel Worship Center and come to a building? How many of you are glad that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you as a believer? You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. When God told Moses to take the children of Israel out of Egypt, he took them out of Egypt. What does that represent? Redemption. Egypt is a type of the world. So God delivered 
through Moses, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered the children of, of Israel out of Pharaoh. Pharaoh represents the devil. He delivered them out of bondage. That represents sin. How many of you are glad that Jesus Christ delivered all of you out of the world, out of Egypt, away from Pharaoh, out of the devil, and out of your bondage and out of sin, and he set you free? Oh, that's so exciting. But the glory of God increases and remains in our life, not by attending a church service. Because a lot of Americans today, I mean, it makes me so sad, really, they think that their Christianity should only consist in going to church once in a while. It is good to go to church. It is good to have a pastor. But that will not increase and keep the glory of the Lord upon your life and keep you close to Jesus. What do you have to do? You've got to get to the mountain every day. And so the reason that they came out of Egypt is because Moses said, Israel, I'm going to teach you something. You got saved. You got born again. You got delivered from the world. You got delivered from the devil, Pharaoh. You got delivered from bondage and sin. But I want you to know the next most important principle in your life is to get to Mount Sinai because that's where God dwells. That's where God comes down on that mountain because we got to spend time with God the Father on a regular and daily basis. And if we'll do that, we'll see the glory and the splendor of God come down on your life and it'll come down on your life too. Come on, does anybody want more of the glory, more of the presence for your marriage, for your health, for your finances, for your life? Then you've got to get to the mountain. Everybody's trying to steal stuff from Christianity. They're trying to steal the rainbow from Christianity. The rainbow belongs to us. It belongs to the Bible. It belongs to Christianity. When there was a flood, God put a rainbow in the sky. And he said, Noah, I will never destroy this earth by rain again. The rainbow belongs to Jesus. And the mountain, the mountain of God belongs to Jesus. I was watching a commercial. It said, head to the mountain, bush beer. No, 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 no. No. They're trying to steal it. The beer company cannot steal it from Christianity. Head to the mountain, born-again believers, and spend time with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on a daily basis. And if you'll do that, your marriage will be changed, your life will be changed, your finances will be changed, you'll get a job, you'll be healed over time. God will deliver you, God will touch you, God will move upon you as the glory and presence of the Lord. Come on, you will mature, and you will grow, and you will become everything God wants you to be. You've got to head to the mountain. And don't say bush beer. Head to the mountain to see Jesus. Now let's look here before I end in chapter 19 and verse 3. Look at Moses. He always headed to the mountain. Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. What did the Lord do? Called to who? Guess what the Lord's doing this morning to all of us? He's calling all of us. Do you hear his voice? Come on, head to the mountain. Tomorrow morning when you get up, you know what the Lord's going to say? Get to the mountain. You, I, I love, you know why I love Christianity and Jesus? He never forces you to do anything. He doesn't force you. He does what? He invites you. He invited you to be saved. For years I said, nope, nope, nope. One day I said, okay, I received the invitation. I should have done it earlier, but I didn't. Did it on the proper time. How many of you know you're going to get healed on the proper time? You're going to get saved at the proper time? You're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit on the proper time? Be patient. And so God came down on the mountain, and he said, Moses, come up into the mountain. What could Moses have done? Nope, I don't have time. You know why? School's starting. Well, it is. How I many of you know it makes us busy? Oh, there's that word. Mm -hmm. Busy, being under Satan's yoke. 
want me to say that again, Frank? Did you give a good offering this morning? I'll say it again. Okay, being under Satan's yoke is being too busy. We're too busy to spend time with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. How many of you know you got to rearrange some time? you got to rearrange some priorities. you got to rearrange some things in your life that you can spend time with the Lord. You say, Pastor, you're a very busy man. Yes, I am, but guess what? I am not under Satan's yoke. Tomorrow morning, I'm spending time with Jesus. Tuesday, I'm spending time with Jesus. Every morning, he says, Bill, come to the mountain. Come on, anybody going to go to the mountain? That's only about 10 of you. Come on, you're going to go to the mountain? He's inviting you. Get to the mountain, get to the mountain, get to the mountain, get to the mountain. Turn to somebody and say, get to the mountain. Turn with me to chapter 24 and verse 1. Chapter 24 and verse 1. Over and over and over again, he spoke to Moses. Chapter 19 and verse 3, you're going to 24, 1. Chapter 19, verse 8. Chapter 19, verse 16. Chapter 20 and verse 21. You're going to 24, 1. Chapter 34 and verses 1 to 2. God called Mo Moses, come up to the mountain, come up to the mountain, come up to the mountain, come up to the mountain. God's people, the presence and glory of God doesn't remain or increase by attending church. The presence and glory of God doesn't remain or increase by going to a revival, going to a concert, going to a youth event, or even attending a prayer meeting once in a while. The presence and the glory of God only remains and increases by spending time with Jesus daily, every day, by going to the mountain daily until you go to heaven, shouting victory, head to the mountain. Have you ever talked to somebody that went to a conference or went to a youth event and they come back, Woo! I'm changed forever. Man, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. And two weeks later, you don't even see him again. That's not what's going to happen. This isn't an emotional thing. Christianity is a disciplined thing. The word disciple, we get the word discipline. When I get up tomorrow morning, I don't always want to go to the mountain, but I hear the voice of my father, Bill, get to the mountain. I'm too tired. Well, you got a choice. Come to the mountain or become flesh man. It only takes me at least two days to start to walk in the flesh. And when I start to walk in the flesh, my marriage starts to go downhill just a little bit more. I'm a little bit more tempted to go back and drink alcohol than I used to do. I'm a little bit more grumpy. I'm a little bit more grouchy. I come into the staff and say, say hi to me, but that's about all you can talk to me about today because I'm a real grouch today. But guess what? When I'm in the Spirit going after the Lord, guess what? There is joy and there is peace and there is victory and the temptations of alcohol, they aren't as strong in my life. And when Satan comes my way, I can take authority over him in the name of Jesus. Come on, does anybody want to go to the mountain? I'm, I'm going to take you with me. Some of you, it's, it's hard to get to the mountain. Come on, anybody else you want to go to the mountain with me? We got two right here. We got three right there. We got four right there. We got five. We got six. We got seven. Oh, it's getting contagious. Tomorrow morning, you got to get to the mountain. Come on, you got to get to the mountain. Anybody else you want to go to the mountain? Oh, Chris is going to join me tomorrow morning. Oh, yes. That means I got to get up a little bit earlier. Got to find time to spend with Jesus. In Exodus chapter 24 and verse 1, then I'll let you go. I really wish you would all stay for third service, too. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Because I preached a totally different message. I don't know what's going on here. Chapter 24 and verse 1. God said to Moses, what did he say? Come up. Come on up to the Lord. You and who else? Nadab, Abihu, 70 of the elders of Israel and worship. 
I love the glory and the presence of the Lord because God said, Moses, don't keep the presence of the Lord to yourself. Invite others to come up to the mountain with you. So I'm inviting all of you to come up to the mountain with me every day. You see, as a pastor, when you sit in your office, look at it from my perspective, not your perspective. Every week there's people in my office thinking about divorce. Every week. Every week there's people in my office talking about the addictions that they're having problems with, and that's fine. Every week there are problems. They're in my office. I mean, day after day. I go out in the foyer and I say, number 87. They come in and I go out, number 54. It just keeps going. I'm not making light. I'm glad they're there. I'm glad they're there. But guess what? Only the presence and the glory of the Lord will break the yoke of bondage in their lives. My wife and I eat very well. My wife and I stay close to the Lord. I just lost 16 pounds. Isn't that unbelievable? I lost half of me. I don't know where it went. We just gave up sugar, bread, and potatoes. I'm not on any diet. I just gave up those three things. All of a sudden, I just got skinny all of a sudden. We eat pretty good. We exercise. Go to doctors when we have. We do everything we're supposed to do, but the most important thing we do is get into the presence of the Lord. And the devil's a liar. He will try to get you to think that you can try everything else but Jesus. But no, you include Jesus with everything else. But Jesus always is number one. And I can guarantee you, as you spend time in the presence of the Lord, he will touch you, he will minister to you, he will help you, he will do a work in you, and you'll never see my office again. Come on, let's all give the Lord praise and glory and honor. Come on, I'm trying to bring you up to the mountain with me this morning. Are you going to come? Oh, it's fun hiking up in the mountains.